So, Nick, tell us about how you got the name of your hot sauce. Yeah, hello, geese. So, uh, as, as I mentioned a little bit ago, um, I love Norse mythology. I've been studying it for years, and it's it's just a, a fun group of, of work and literature. So, when I looked for something that would have a good source material, plus something that has a lot of other names that I can branch into and stay on brand, the first thing that came to mind was, was something from Norse mythology. And considering the hilarious, awful weather that I've just described of negative 19 uh, and like a foot and a half of snow... When I when I uh, came across Halogi, who is a fire giant that lives in a land of ice, I thought, what better name for a hot sauce company? Uh, and then after that, the sauce names have just been inspired by different sagas, different Norse mythology, just all the different stories that I can come across from from that uh, that particular, usually like medieval era. Some of them were written down in like the 1300s, some of them earlier, some of them later. But anyhow, it's a uh, it's it's a phenomenal body of work and. Uh, Wanted to bring a little bit more of that alongside the the uh, experience of the sauce as well, which is why every bottle includes a story about where the name came from. Welcome to Flavor Balance Heat, the podcast for hot sauce lovers and makers. I'm Spike. I'm Zach. And I'm Claire. Today we're talking to Nick Curry from Hologi Hot Sauce. Hey, Nick. How's it going, guys? We must have uh, booked you months and months ago. I'm really excited to have you here. Yeah, you know. Yeah, what, yeah. It's man. been a little bit. I'm glad we found some time to uh, to meet and chat. And thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. What? Tell us your history with hot sauce and spicy food, Nick. How'd yeah, sure. Start? Well, everything kind of started when I was a kid. The house I grew up in, uh, my mom did a lot of the cooking. Not that my dad, you know, wouldn't or anything like that, but the the type of food that he gravitated towards was a little bit more robust in terms of spice, seasonings, and things like that. My mom uh, comes from a very long Danish background, and as a result, the uh, cuisine that she gravitates towards salt and salt and pepper was when things were getting wild. So when I was younger, my brothers, my I have a couple older brothers, a younger brother and a younger sister. Uh, my older brother started getting into spicy salsas and things like that, the stuff that my dad would get. And one day I worked up some courage to give it a try, and it was a totally different dimension, something that I'd never experienced with food before. Because it can be hot, it can be cold, it can be salty, it can be flavorful, it can be all kinds of things. But this was a whole new, uh, it, it wasn't hot, it was it was a different sensation. And that felt like it was opening up entirely new parts of my, my olfactory system. And you know, I'm like 10, so I don't know the word olfactory, but I'm like, whoa! <laughs> So my initial whoa response is, is met with try this one and then this one. And then one day my brother snuck up behind us and put like Dave's insanity sauce in our mouth. And it was, it was a rough oh. day, but anyhow, <laughs> yeah. So growing up in Northwest Iowa, the spicy selection was like Tabasco or Dave's insanity. So it was flavored vinegar or ow. And I wanted to start making my own because it was, it was, you know, that's, that's what I had to choose from. And, uh, so I started just kind of goofing around with recipes and iterating them. What age were you? And uh, uh, probably 15 at this time when I was really like trying, I guess, so to speak. Um, and it was just stuff that would be like a hot wing contest at work, like some potluck or whatever. So I'd throw together something that was pineapple with some habanero and wanted to make something that was fun and citrusy and memorable. And they always did well. Um, but I never thought to actually start selling it until COVID hits. And by trade, I'm a professional writer, um, have been for years, have done, uh, studied Norse mythology and things like that as well. Um, not professionally, but in terms of like pursuing a master's degree and things like that. Um, but uh, all my jobs were, were that sort of thing. So just to shift from that to hot sauce took a little bit of an extra kick and it came in the form of COVID 
basically shutting down everything at the company that I was working at at the time. And then my wife and kids got me a bottling kit for Father's Day. So I got some of my old recipes out, started bottling them and handing out to friends just for fun out of my kitchen. And when they were like, hey, where can I get uh, another bottle of this? Uh, you know, I mean, I'm making it. And oh, that's yours? Yeah. Well, I love it. That's great. And I thought they were just being Midwest nice at first, but uh, started selling. And, and then I went through the cottage food system and built things up from there. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a wild ride. Awesome. You're, you know, I'm a I actually went to school for writing, too. Yeah, I heard you mentioned that you were a. Uh, was it English major or is it was journalism? I can't remember. Creative writing at UMass Amherst. Creative writing, yeah. 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 Awesome. You're in South Dakota, right? Yeah, the east side. Burr. Yeah, it's, uh, it was negative 19 this morning. Oof. No. Jeez. No. So, no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't even make sense. And that's before the wind chill, which got down to like negative 40. So. Yeah, no thank you. So, <laughs> Nick, tell us about how you got the name of your hot sauce. Yeah, hello, geese. So, uh, as, as I mentioned a little bit ago, um, I love Norse mythology. I've been studying it for years, and it's it's just a, a fun group of, of work and literature. So, when I looked for something that would have a good source material, plus something that has a lot of other names that I can branch into and stay on brand, the first thing that came to mind was, was something from Norse mythology. And considering the hilarious, awful weather that I've just described of negative 19 uh, and like a foot and a half of snow... When I, when I uh, came across Halogi, who is a fire giant that lives in a land of ice, I thought, what better name for a hot sauce company? Uh, and then after that, the sauce names have just been inspired by different sagas, different Norse mythology, just all the different stories that I can come across from, from that, uh, that particular, usually like medieval era. Some of them were written down in like the 1300s, some of them earlier, some of them later. But anyhow, it's a, it's, it's a phenomenal body of work and... Uh, wanted to bring a little bit more of that alongside the the uh, experience of the sauce as well, which is why every bottle includes a story about where the name came from. Flavor Balance Heat is brought to you by High Desert Sauce Co. out of Tucson, Arizona. Zach is the owner and creative mind behind High Desert Sauce Co.'s hot sauces. He says, at High Desert Sauce Co., we make sauces that we love. The balance of bold heat and fresh flavor is the heart of our philosophy. We keep it simple by using the best ingredients we can get our hands on and letting the natural flavors run the show. High Desert Sauce Co., just the good stuff. Visit High Desert at hdsauceco.com. I imagine you start with a sauce that you're looking for and then attribute it to a North Norse uh, myth, or is it the other way around or is it both? It's both. I would, I would say uh, when I first started, you know, I just had a bunch of recipes from my childhood that were completely, you know, disconnected from the, the notion of the brand. Yeah. So as, as I brought those in, I wanted to find ways to incorporate them. And some of them I think are, are um, a much tighter fit. Like uh, ales ale is the uh, sauce that I made for a, a really um, rambunctious, recalcitrant, rebellious punk uh, of a Viking named Ale. Uh, he was brutally strong, but he was also a brilliant poet. So I wanted something that was uh, pretty hot, but also fairly complex in terms of flavor to reflect some of his his character. Um, and it's it's a bright orange sauce, matches his beard, and uh, that was that was uh, just a, a fun a fun really close connection there. Versus like Baldur's Bane, which is our Verde sauce. And that one's green or that one's Baldur's Bane because Baldur was killed by something green and it's a green sauce. So it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's there, but you know, it's, it's ones that I had to kind of not figure out, but had to sit and dwell on for a little bit. Uh, but then there's something like Gunlad's gold and I, I've, I've always loved mead and wanted to make something that was mead inspired. Um, so Gunlad's gold, I started out with the, the intent to make something of the, the legendary mead 
from uh, Norse mythology that when you drink it, it turns you into a poet. So it's a uh, peach and passion fruit and wildflower honey. And the batch that we have this year, 100% of the passion fruit was grown here in South Dakota. Cool. Crazy. Yeah, that's so that's awesome. something yeah, about yeah. your story because you grow well. Don't you've talked to me about this a little bit? You grow a lot there, don't you? So uh, when when I say we, I want to be a hundred percent clear on this. So um, I I help with like pepper selection and stuff like that. The person who runs behind the scenes and does all that stuff is my good buddy Shannon. He runs Wayward Springs Farms, which oh. is like a mile from our facility, and he does a lot of different agricultural research too. <laughs> but he's got a big greenhouse. And uh, I used to work with him at, uh, you know, back in the days of uh, my new job for, for 20 years or for 12 years there. Yeah. Anyways, um, I used to work with him and he started growing super hot peppers around the time when Hologi really started picking up. So it was kind of a, a just a good match. And we started uh, sourcing as many as we can from him in terms of like uh, the super hot peppers in particular. Uh, and then he likes to grow some more exotic things like passion fruit and uh, chamoyas. And uh, I'm trying to get the other ones that he's naranjilas and stuff like that. Um, he likes to grow a lot of Central and South American type fruits and uh, other produce, and, and not just that area too. I suppose he's got some from Africa and whatnot, but uh, it's it's more to ch uh, check the uh, technology that it's viable within South Dakota to build this type of greenhouse and have it produce consistent results year round, even when the temperatures get to brutally low temperatures like this. So he's got another greenhouse that they just finished construction on this summer. And curiously enough, the north side of that is cinder block. A lot of it's filled with like dirt and whatnot. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's a uh, backfield. Yeah, it's it's wild. So um, yeah, he grew the the whole wall of it. There's a video on our Facebook where I give kind of a little tour of it, um, and I've got a longer one that we did at the solstice that I'm still editing through. But anyhow, the whole back wall is just it's like a jungle. It's it's uh, just vines everywhere, and there's these purple passion fruit, and it's beautiful. That's incredible. And delicious. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, in Vermont, we have a lot of growing constraints. Um, we source all of our produce here in Vermont. And um, and yeah. the idea of passion fruit just blows my mind. <laughs> like, we yeah. are, we're really fruit-wise, obviously, we have a lot of apples, but we're limited to raspberries, blueberries, you know, those sorts of things. Uh, the, the This past summer, because it's so wet here, we did get a lot of ginger that was really cool. But, like, that's about as oh, tropical as we've gotten. There's the people, I guess maybe part of the difference, you know, so my husband's from Canada and we go up there a lot and they rely a lot more on greenhouses and um, hydroponics mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. And so maybe there's, we're still in the line where we can grow a lot right in our soil. So there's not as much of a motivation to build the greenhouses and see what right. we can do through the winter. Yeah. Whereas, whereas, yeah, for us, it's, it's a matter of, it's, it's one of the only options that we've got in some yeah. cases. So, yeah. When is your, I mean, you don't happen to know what your frost date is, do you? Oh boy. Typically it starts in, uh, it, it shifts quite a bit because of it's, course. depending on El Nino and La Nina, those are kind of big impactors for us too. Sometimes we'll get our, our total frost wipes everything out in like early October. Um, this year, okay. I think we made it almost all the way through December before we started having things being frosted over wow. and killed. Interesting. Um, Huh. Everything's dead by January, though. Right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So that that's interesting. It. Um. You don't know your. Do you know your growing? Um. Like your the number whatever whatever that's called. that's slipping my mind what it's called. But the the growing season like the window. No, no, the number like the five B four A etc. Oh no, not right off. Yeah, the I, I know I Shannon would for sure. Right. I'm like that. That amazes Shannon me because it kind of sounds like your frost dates 
later than ours, which I would just think that you're that much colder. Than, I mean, you're so much colder than we are, but maybe not. What, when does it start getting warm in your area? Like what, when, when, what is, oh. when is spring for you? We, we can still get snow in April, but, um, but by the end of April, we're pretty snow free. Like beginning of April, we, almost every April fools, we get snow just like to, as yep. a nice old little fuck you, but, oh, yeah. Yeah, but by end of April, we're, we're, you know, it's, it's kind of gray and gross, but otherwise there's no more snow by the end of April. Yeah. Same for us. It, it's about the same for us. Um, but like I said, it, it, it varies wildly. If, it, if it's going to be a brutal winter, like I, I can't remember a single Halloween that's ever happened in the entirety of my whole life and my kids' lives where we didn't have to plan a costume that could have layers yeah. just to be safe and warm yeah. because we don't know if it's going to be 70 or if it's going to be seven. So <laughs> My uh, my oldest daughter was a um, was a black cat for for Halloween this year, and her costume was just yeah. big enough she could put her winter coat under her costume, and so then she just ran around very excitedly telling everybody well, she was a fat cat. <laughs> it was great. Ah. It worked very well. Yeah, my oldest son usually goes as uh, Jason Voorhees. So, oh. well, he's he's gotten really big into special effects, and, and now he's eighteen, so he's been doing stuff to to help hand out candy at home and stuff like that. But his his costume's incredible. It's That's so awesome. cool. He spent a lot of time, and he's got some of the like official memorabilia and stuff from the show and all, like he, or the show, the movies. Um, and yeah, he's big into it. So yeah, and he's a phenomenal uh, illustrator as well. So you might see some That's of great. his artwork coming up soon. Who knows? But yeah, it's awesome. Super cool. I just had our kid did our upcoming. Uh, we do a pride hot sauce, and they, they did the yeah the label for us for this the upcoming uh, in June. And so is awesome. uh, Is that what you're talking about? He might be doing some uh, a label for you. I can't tell you that directly. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> There's potential. So, uh, so it depends on if I can talk him into it. <laughs> so Nick, um, what? Tell us a little bit about your process. How do sauces come into being for Hologi? Oh boy. Uh, so for me personally, I mean. There's the story that uh, I think, Zach, you've mentioned. This is the story that everybody tells where you have tried a bunch of different sauces and they're good, but there's not one that quite trips your trigger the way you want. So same sort of experience for me where I kept finding sauces that were just stellar, but I wanted something that had uh, a little bit more citrus to pair with these Anaheim, something that had a little bit less salt than what this one's got, something that's got uh, a lot more punch to pair with these particular berries, because for whatever reason, that intensity seems to like in my brain just wants to be matched with something that's just crushingly hot. A lot of times it's just one of those uh, see a need, fill a need sort of sort of thing where there's a bunch of sauces that make the silhouette of this sauce that I want to make. So they come close, but not quite there. And then I try to develop towards that. Other times I just get a wild screw loose idea. Um, like what if we paired up some, some particular berries with like a coffee rum uh, and see where we go from there. And oh, that comes out too sweet. So we need to base <laughs> this out with something a little bit more acidic. And uh, yeah, so it's really just some cockamamie idea. We iterate each sauce several times over, um, like Ale's Ale. That's uh, that one I started developing when I was 15, and that was the first one I put into a bottle to start selling. That took 20 years before I really dialed it in and had it for sale. So yeah, little things like that can take forever, or sometimes, uh, like with Tearfing's Curse, the one that seems to be our most popular seller, um, that one, I think I went through four iterations, and it was ready to go. We just wanted something that was very ginger forward, and uh, that's, that's what I set out to do, make sure that it was there and, and didn't, uh, that got hot, but didn't punch you in the face hot. So I had to pair it with some, some very carefully chosen herbs and seasonings to, to ease that roll into the heat. And, uh, yeah, that, I don't know. It's been a lot of fun. I don't have any professional or structured culinary training. 
um, by any means, of course, right up until the like food safety things. Um, but uh, I never went to, I've, I've never been like a professional chef or anything. My older brother, on the other hand, has, and I've learned a ton of stuff from him just over the years. And uh, I've been working with a lot of other people and I, I like to cook and I like to think of myself as okay <laughs> at cooking. Um, I've been told positive things, but uh, nevertheless, it's one of those, I need something that's got a little bit more earthy flavor to it. So I go through my spices and start sampling what I want. And this is close. So I need to pair it with this. And, and I, I, I wish I had more training with that, but for now it's, it's really just, I go by what I like and I'm going to make that. And, and I hope that that parallels what other people like too. And so far it's worked out. Okay. Do you, uh, do you make your own sauces or do you work with a co-packer? I make uh, every bottle of hologi that's out there has been made by my hands with a couple exceptions. Like uh, when we were on hot ones, uh, just based on yeah, the volume of, of orders, uh, there was no way I was going to be able to meet the, uh, the amount they were asking for at the time. So we worked with um, Pucker Butt to get those packed up and ready to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise we've been we've been running pretty solid. Um, and we've had a few other subscription boxes like Fuego Box has been awesome. We've we've shipped quite a few through them. But yeah, I make every bottle myself, start to finish. Cool. Cool. What kind of um, like uh, equipment do you have? You know, what's your what's your kitchen setup like? We have a steam jacket kettle, which uh, from the last couple episodes I've been listening to, I hear Zach's getting in on that as well. well I've been in on that. Yeah, no, it's I think me. it's Spike. It's Spike yeah. who's getting in on which it. Which we're yeah. doing our Spike. first Spike. test tomorrow. That's right. That's right. Zach, you've been giving him the tips on how to yeah. get it to a vacuum. That's right. Yeah. Um, we've got a full commercial kitchen. It's our own uh, our own to use. And how we came across that was, was very lucky. Um, but uh, it used to be, uh, this kitchen was actually uh, the kitchen for a retirement home. So with high... Mm-hmm. Uh, high-risk consumers, this thing was maintained like a surgical suite, and I keep it that way as well because I'm I'm neurotic about process control and sanitation and things like that. Um, so yeah, we've got uh, steam jacket kettle, um, fully sanitized work surfaces everywhere, and it's all food-grade steel. Um, we still fill out of a fill pot uh, over, over two hot plates, basically, that keep it at temperature. I'm really excited to get to something that's more like a piston filler that can uh, keep something in a heated hopper. Um, just cause every time that, every time that drops below temperature, you just got to paddle it and wait for it to get back up to temp and it's a pain, but it's that or you scorch it and spend three hours scraping stuff off the bottom. So anyhow, um, yeah, we've got a, a huge fridge. We keep everything fresh. Um, we on rare occasion have to use frozen stuff if we, if we're like, so for like one of our limited editions, Baldur's Rain, we get some early harvested green habaneros for that to keep the green color. Um, and we'll freeze those just because they it might not be ready for, for that season. But uh, we want to make sure that we get those when they're at their like peak, peak ripeness, when they're just about past the flavor of grass into the pepper, and then they're ready to rock. And that makes that sauce just sing, and I love it. So, yeah, if you, have, if you have a chance to try that one, if you run into us in person, that's where we sell it. It's not online, not in stores. Um, we want to make sure we've got something special for those for those people who can make it out to see us at a show. But, yeah, in any case, it's... Uh, we uh, have strict temperature controls. Most everything's double thermometered. Yeah, it's nice, nice. As as out of the book as you can get. Awesome. What one one recommendation I would have if you get a piston filler, just draw directly from your kettle. Um, yeah, the, the yeah. hopper the hopper's kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> like, I mean, it's good. Okay. Yes. It works yes. for some things, but for sauce, just yes. draw straight from your kettle. Yeah. Yeah, our kettle's kind of small, so that's that's the only thing is is like. Um, uh, if, if we can, we, we use that to get everything up to, up to temperature and cook and sit. And so everything can actually process there. Um, I've been looking at some siphon based ones, so eh, it depends. We'll, we'll yeah. see how it goes, but yeah, we've got, uh, um, after that, like full, like dish sanitation, everything else too. So yeah. 
Yes, yeah. I will. I, uh, I, I will one thousand percent agree with Claire. I recently got a piston filler uh, pneumatic, and it's great. Uh, the issue is, like, if you're filling off the hopper, like a two degree temperature difference will fluctuate your bottle fill. It's fucking oh yeah, crazy. sure. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, I'll start off filling to the fill line, and then you know, as the temperature drops, so does my fill. It's oh, crazy. Wow. Hmm. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. We've been we've been getting faster and faster on our fills, and so we've and that's been increasing our what we can constri- what we can control. Um, but I hadn't thought about how the temperature effect. I mean, it absolutely makes sense. I mean, heat expands. Yeah. If it's cooler, it's yeah. going to be less expansive. Can you adjust um, it on the? You, you can. Um, as you, you go, you can. <clears throat> you can, but it's a pain in the ass because then when you're pulling like 200 degree shit out of the kettle and putting in the hopper, then it's hotter and you got to adjust it again. So it's like well, it's also gotta, when know. you're pulling hot from the kettle and putting it in the hopper, you've got a larger volume that's pushing down harder on it. Um, so that's there's that there's just that that gravitational push too. Uh, it's not gravity feed; it's piston fed. Right, but if your hopper is above it, like, like if your hopper is above uh, your filler, it'll still it's be a te- just pushing. It's a temp- it's a temperature thing. Yeah, I, I promise. Like I've been, I've been through it. Like I've been on the phone with the company a lot. Like what the fuck, dude? Like yeah, yeah. Our our uh, our setup now is um, we have temperature control on our kettle, which is just amazing. It fires itself on and off to hold the temperature at 190 through filling. Nice. And it's like, and then we drop like four degrees in the, well, we say, we say 190. It actually, 190 is what we found that we need to be at so that it doesn't go over boiling. Um, so it's actually really more mm. like 200. Um, but we're, we're still filling it like <coughs> 187. It's like so, so little yeah. temperature loss. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, like I spent. I, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say I spent well over a decade uh, doing like professional writing for technical instruction manuals and things like that. So I'm, nice. I'm very particular when I get to, when I get instructions or you know when they say you have to develop a HACCP plan and it's all these technical structured points and whatnot. Um, and to make sure you you achieve full sanitation uh, when you're doing like bottle filling, temperature control is important. Things like that. I I follow yeah. those to the T, and that's why my my kitchen is so just it's straight out of the box, out of the instruction manual follows every step rigorously and uh, we have the department of health come in do their inspections and whatnot and proud to say we've gotten hundreds every time nice awesome that's how we roll so so, so you and i could geek out over the cfrs is what you're saying <laughs> I, I edited yeah, most I, of it I mean, out of the last episode but <laughs> claire throughout the entire episode was scanning cfrs <laughs> that's right that was that episode yeah. that i was like yeah. I, I told them i was like I'm, I'm looking at the cfrs right now because what you said i just need to verify it and they both gave me this yeah. look of like okay no. we, we knew that about you and that's why we brought you onto the yeah, podcast no, that was totally good with me <laughs> yeah but like, but actually episode, she's just like no i just what you, the, the thing that you had said i was just like i need to verify it and i didn't find it in the cfrs so you know yeah, yeah. it matters no i, I mean like i said yeah it was part of the it's one of the most amazing things um, about this, the hot sauce community though, is if anyone has a question, someone throws it out there to like a Facebook forum or, you know, just any other communication medium, there's 20 hands with answers ready to help out in some way, shape, and they're not always the best answers, but it's, you know, the willingness I think is what's awesome. And usually the people um, who do that will come with sources to back up whatever their claims are. Um, But yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I grew up skateboarding. And they have this culture where it doesn't matter if you've been skating for 10 years or one year, someone lands a trick, everyone goes nuts. And that seems to be very much the mentality here. Someone succeeds 
and everyone's there to cheer them on. It doesn't matter if it's their, their first sauce to market and that's a big deal or if it's their, you know, 30th award from whatever ceremony, everyone's, everyone's stoked for that. They want to make sure that, that everyone feels upheld, uplifted, maintained. Yeah. Cared for. It's awesome. It's so awesome. Yeah, I love I it. I agree. I'm Claire George. I own Butterfly Bakery of Vermont. We make hot sauce, mustard, cookies, and granola, and 100% of our products are made with Vermont ingredients. The thing that I hear most often from people is that my hot sauce tastes like the peppers that are in it. We do really simple recipes that don't get too crazy and nitpicky just to really accentuate the, the flavor of the peppers that are in there. The unique thing about our hot sauces is how much we feature the farm and the relationship with the farm and really um, bring the terroir of Vermont to our hot sauces. I am pretty sure I am the number one purchaser of Vermont grown chili peppers. I would love it if there would be a legitimate pepper market in Vermont where people would know Vermont for its peppers. We're all better for supporting each other. You know, and I think that part really shows itself with the collaborations that I do with the other businesses and the other farms that, that I love working together and coming up with new ideas and presenting each other with new challenges. And I think overall that's the attitude here. And I absolutely love it because that's my attitude. I try to live my life with love. The ingredients that I use, I would say that my values are reflected in that, um, that I use ingredients that, again, feel good, feel loving, feel supportive. The relationship with the farmer was how it all began. If I changed the reason for it being, if I went out and bought some commodity peppers, you know, it might not be as good. <laughs> you can find Butterfly Bakery of Vermont hot sauce, mustard, granola, and cookies at butterflybakeryvt.com. Do you have a favorite sauce from your lineup? Ooh, no. Hey I man, have, it's uh, like kids. You gotta pick. You, you gotta. Pick. <laughs> you gotta pick one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, uh, it it really depends on what I'm eating. If I if it's pizza, yarn burger every step of the way. Something about the roasted red peppers and the clove in that hits really well with pepperoni and cheese. It's just mm, I love it. Um, the balsamic I think is what really sets it over the edge though. And we use this uh, barrel aged balsamic that I get from California. It's aged in like whiskey casks and it's awesome. Yeah, super, super rich, very delicious. Uh, if it's like soups and stews, I'll grab my hotter stuff, Valkyrie Sun. A couple drops of that is enough to light up anybody. Uh, I really like it on green onion brats too, but yeah, um, they've all got different purposes. I think the one that's, I think I've probably drained more bottles of yarn burner than anything else, followed by Ale's Ale, the pineapple, roasted pineapple, habanero and curry. So I just picked up on you saying green onion brats. Is that a Midwestern thing? Because that yeah. sounds amazing. Like I want, I want uh, a green onion brat. Maybe. That does like, sound amazing. They're still good. <laughs> that sounds um, so great. Yeah, I, I usually have to find them at like a meat counter with like the chorizos and stuff like that too. But uh, yeah, it's just your standard bratwurst with green onions chopped right into the mix. It's that's awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm going to, I know a lot yeah. of sausage makers and I'm going to tell them that they need to make those. So I got a question for you. No. Stupidest question. <laughs> oh, six no, my God. months later, the, the stupidest fucking question. <laughs> so, Desert Highland Island hot sauce. Uh, let me let me read okay. it off so you get the the context. So, you were on an ocean liner and it sunk. Everybody's gone. You're the last one. You're on a desert island. Ship from the the ship 
that was in the, the hold, that comes washing ashore. So you can eat all kinds of different things, but they only had one type of hot sauce. It can't be yours. What do you want? What, what would you hope it would be? And you can mention a couple, but it could only be one that shows up. Oof. So just based on my own personal flavor profile preferences, the one sauce that I know that I can always reach for and never be like, mm, I don't know if this paired quite well. It's uh, one of the sauces I brought for Hot Sauce Show and Tell. So if I don't know if I should tip my hand this early. If you this. brought more than one, then but, yeah, you can uh, tip your hand. Oh, I, I brought more than one. Of course I brought one. <laughs> um, and you can tell by the, the volume on this bottle being almost all the way down. This is Mama Juana from oh. Faya and Pikin out of Philadelphia. Oops, sorry, the other way. And uh, it's phenomenal. It's it's just got a a really robust pepper forward flavor. The seasonings in it are are just enough to give it a little bit of not not a citrus profile. I I, I almost want to read the side of it off, but it's uh, tamarinds right up front, um, and they're raw. And then we've got tomatoes, mangoes, apple cider vinegar, and then uh, habanero peppers, onions, maple syrup, alcoholic beverage. I guess uh, distilled. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I believe garlic. that sauce is made with some kind of Puerto Rican rum. Oh, got it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh I was, I think the, sh the one that I brought on last week for the show and tell had, it was the, the Peruvian, it said like Peruvian alcoholic beverage or so something like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 And then one of my favorite parts, I don't know if you can see this, but towards the bottom, it says uh, red wine vinegar. Let me see if I can get this. Red wine vinegar, okay. Like, okay, sorry. Okay, got it. Sorry. Oh, Maybe from Oklahoma. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, oh, good old Roddy. Um, good old Roddy. He's one of my closest friends immediately. I, it was, I, I've known him for what about a little over a year now, like where we've actually been like talking to each other on the regular. But we, we saw each other from across the room at last year's Fiery Foods in Albuquerque. Uh, and uh, we just... It was, there was slow music and lights playing. We saw slow each other motion. like, yeah, it just, you like the filthiest, most brutal metal on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. We found each other. That's awesome. Are you going to be there this year? And then year? we both found out that we make pretty good sauces too. So yeah. What's Are you that? there this year? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm going to be there. Awesome. Thanks to Zach. He's super thrilled about it too. I can tell. <laughs> I, I, I am not going to be there. That's not true. See the wink? Oh, oh man. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, everyone's like, oh, I'm going to come hug you. And I'm like, I'm already peopling enough at this event. Like, I don't, I don't want people to hug me. So I'm just telling people that I'm not going to be there. What we should do is we should just gather up Incognito. a whole bunch of people and just get it all over it with it once. And we'll do one big giant <laughs> hug of Zach. And then no more Bro, hugs for like, the rest of the weekend. I'm, I'm not trying to throw up on camera, dude. Like, stop. Everything <laughs> wear, you're wear saying sticker, right Wear a sticker that says no hugs. No hugs. You're okay as a human being, but I can't hug you. It's not going to work. See how excited I, 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 I am. Will not, I will not pursue a hug with you. I, I will keep a respectful distance. <sighs> Bro, I'm just fucking around. I, you know, I'll try not <clears throat> to, but I can't I can't make any promises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, but now it, I can't tell if I should hug you or not. Okay. You never tell so, Zach. I'm just saying the feeling might come over me and probably will at the last minute. So, you know. Uh, your vendor your vendor pass has been revoked. <laughs> way, no touching allowed. It was one of the requirements on the survey, this or the sign-up this year. I was like, that's weird. I wasn't planning on it. but Okay, uh, so a little bit, a little, little uh, piece of information about me. I grew up in Philadelphia. I have a very dry sense of humor. It's very straightforward. It's very direct. If you can't tell if I'm joking... Uh, look for the veins popping out of my head and neck. 
If they don't exist, then I'm fucking around. It doesn't work as well. Gotcha. The vein thing doesn't work as well over text, like when he was fucking with me yesterday. No. Ten minutes later, For I'm just years. fucking with you, dude. I always like when people are like, well, we should, there should be a sarcasm font or something <laughs> like that. Like, people are going to use that unironically just to be dicks about it. So it's like... <laughs> I, I have a tendency to take everybody seriously, especially when it comes to business. I'd like, I'd rather be wrong and take them seriously yeah. than be wrong and think that they're joking. And, and yeah. like, I have a client, a copac client who's just, he, he likes just joking and poking and, and every single time it just like whooshes over my head. And like, I'm just, it, and he's like, Claire, Claire, I was joking. Oh. I was like, Oh. Right. Ha ah, <laughs> ah, I'm laughing. Huh, not funny. funny. So I a guess. little bit of background. Just just to, to clarify too, since I grew up in um Iowa, um in northwest Iowa, particularly like on a farm, uh my sarcasm is really understated because I mean like uh, well how about this? I'm I'm really good at like I, I can solve Rubik's cubes pretty fast. And the secret to that is I had no friends growing up. So like sarcasm's hard sometimes. This is it. That's, that's what we're doing. I uh, I also specialize in jokes that aren't funny, so yeah, that might be part of it too. What are you the, saying, Zach? The North, the the Norse mythology doesn't joke. It's very serious. I no, mean, it, it is very serious, and that's why it's kind of hard to tell if he's joking or not because he's no. You'd be surprised though. There's there's sections where it's like um, there's oh gosh, there were there were some ladies making fun of this this Viking, um, and they were they were they were making very obvious retorts about the the length of his sword and uh yeah and he had some very very awful things to say back to them that uh well i know this is an open mic and it's not a big deal but yeah nevertheless they, <laughs> they've got their humor and they don't <laughs> they don't pull any punches they don't fool around but there's go ahead sorry that was to say there's serious stuff in there too is funny still because uh they don't they don't like to waste any text talking about somebody who's not going to be around so they're like this person came in, they did their thing, and then they were out of the saga, and then that's the last you hear of that character in that story. <laughs> it's very, very handy to be like, oh, okay, well now I don't have to think like what happened to you know Thorgill. Oh, I appreciate that. He's out. He's I, gone. The worst thing yeah. in the world. Yeah. You know, having gone through writer writer school. I remember reading somebody's story and they were walking into a diner and every single thing in the diner was described. Right. And I was like, yep. dude, he walked to the table, right? Everybody knows what a diner is. Just come on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need yep. three pages of this. <laughs> well, and it, it, it sets expectations in a weird way too. Like the, the whole rule of foreshadowing. If someone gets shot in chapter five, the gun should be on the wall in chapter one. And then if you described everything in a diner, <laughs> Like, yeah. is John Wick going to walk in there and you have to have an inventory of his weaponry? Or yeah, what's happening? Seriously. So, uh, so, Nick, what inspires you and why does it inspire you? Thank what you. inspires me? The world of hot sauce in general. I, I think it's just such a fascinating. What other industry do people work in where you can be like, hey, do you want to try something that hurts? And people are like, yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> I would love to. It's it's such a curious dynamic that that we as makers have with with our with our customers and and you know in your guys' cases I, I there's tons of fans not to say I I don't have fans either like it's very cool um, but like the the notion the notion of having fans to me is something that I still have problems like accepting um, we had a we had a tasting one time and there were people lined up before I got there because word got out that I was releasing one of our our limited edition sauces and people who didn't get in on it last year didn't get enough had lined up. And that, that messed with my head. I, I, it's still very humbling and, and I love it, but that, that inspires me so much because 
I, you never know when you're going to try your favorite food. You sit down, you take a couple bites and a few minutes later you, you start connecting those dots of like, this is, this is it. This is the greatest thing I've ever had. And that, that, that concept alone, I never know when I'm going to encounter something that one ups the ne the last thing I had that was just brilliant and amazing and complex or, or brilliant because it was so simple and straightforward. And there's, there's a whole lot of different ways to approach it and seeing the, this, this element of, of spice come into play. It's a dimension that, that so many enter, but few can really control and, and appreciate. And I, in terms of like making it to deliver that heat the way that you want. And it's just, just when I encounter other makers who, who take it seriously and, and go that extra step to have a sauce that, that marries the, the flavor with the heat, flavor balance heat. Hey, hey, there's your plug. To, to have that, that, that in equilibrium of some variety where it enhances your meal and it steps, it's the thing that makes that difference. It's that one more thing that jumps off the plate and makes it that much more exhilarating. That moment, I've had lots of times in my life and I just wanna be able to have that available for other people to do that. And if my sauce does that, Holy cow, amazing. If not, I can direct people to other sauces that, that might do the trick or whatever the case is there. I just love seeing that moment in people's eyes where I didn't expect that. And here I am at the top of like, okay, what's the next one? Let's go. That excitement is is what I'm here for every day, every day of the week. Have you ever nice. made a sauce where you're like, man, I don't know how I'm going to top this? In it, like within its own category, yeah. I um, like Draugr's Demise, that one as a fruit forward sauce in the super hot category. I was so happy with how that came out, and then I changed some of the steps of how I cook it, and it got even better. So, I, I, I try to make sure that I I don't, I and even then, like, I feel arrogant saying that, like, I don't know how I'm gonna, like, I've I've obviously hit the pinnacle for my own tastes, sure. Like, I, I set out to make a thing, and it turned out what I wanted, that's great, but I don't want to write it off, like it can't get any better from here. So yeah. Anybody I don't know else if that answers your question. Well, <laughs> kind of. I mean, like, <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. You, you know, it's just, you make a sauce, it goes crazy. And you're like, man, to my, me personally, I'm like, how the fuck am I going to top that? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Right. I have this yeah. rolling yeah. discontent. Uh, I've had a sauce, one of our sauces recently that I knew when we first made it, it was going to do well. It was good. It was a good sauce, but it was a sleeper. It just wasn't doing what it was supposed to. And recently it's been doing really well. A lot of people have been mentioning it and I'm like, yeah, it's all right now. Like now <laughs> yeah. Yeah. at the time it was the biggest thing. And now I'm like, it's all right. I want, I'm always like when something gets popular, I want to kill it and go to the next thing that's better in my head immediately. I, I hate that sauce. Man. That, that is so fun. I, I feel like you say you have a rolling discontent. I feel like I have a rolling contentment. Like I just keep trying things. And then every once in a while, other people like, are like, Oh, we really like this. And they kind of pull it out of the mix. And I just keep trying things until things are just like stuck on the walls. And you know, it's like throwing spaghetti. That's where the, that's where that analogy was supposed to go. I don't really know quite what happened there, but <laughs> no, think of what you're putting down though. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's kind of a, an interesting take on, um, I think it was Oscar Wilde had the quote, uh, art is never finished, only abandoned. So that, that kind of notion of, it's still something that you can come back to. And if you come back to it and like, if you come back to it and see all the flaws, I can see where that would be like a rolling discontentment, but you've got the chance to improve it. So that's a good thing. Rolling contentment would be more on the other side of like, 
you come back and see all the things that that stood the test of time. Yeah, well, and you can build from there. Yeah, and I mean, I kind of just keep trying. <laughs> like, I just, I, I, uh, yeah, you know. So, you know, our our big thing is that we use Vermont ingredients, and in the middle of winter, there's a certain point where I sometimes feel like, like, how many more ways can I mix? these Vermont ingredients, like there's, you know, like, especially in our freezer, they have to already be in our freezer at a certain point in the winter. Right. And, you know, how do we keep mixing them up? But like, we recently did a parsnip onion, which like, like, I don't know, that never really occurred to me. And I was like, well, I can get parsnip. And well, and I think we, we did them yeah. with uh, spring dug parsnips, which are just a really cool sure. thing. And they're different from storage parsnips and, you know, onions. Definitely. I love the onions that we get here. Honestly, onions are my favorite vegetable, but the, um, but then I like that one won an award. It won a, a Scovy. Like I was not expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> like I was just like, huh, people seem to like this parsnip onion, very unglamorous vegetables. And I <clears throat> randomly entered it as just like a passing thought because it seemed to be getting yeah. a little bit more attention than I thought it should. And, and it won a Scovy and like, you know, right. so just keep trying things and turns out people yeah, like yeah. some of them. Yeah, it's the same kind of boat here, but thankfully being paired with a mad scientist with a greenhouse. We that do have, is so uh, cool. We do have the occasional. The, yeah, it's it's super cool. The kicker, though, is like if we like it, there's always so much volume we can get out of it sometimes. Yeah. So like with uh, with Gunlad's Gold, I mentioned the passion fruit. This year we got 100% the passion fruit here. The first year that we released it, all the honey was South Dakota made. Um, in fact, uh, in Bruce, not too far from here, Bruce, South Dakota is like one of the world's largest honey producers, period. AD farms, they make tons of it. We don't get our honey from them. We go uh, to a different place called Blue Dasher and it's legit wildflower honey. They have just acres and acres of wildflowers because no one lives here. But anyways, um, <laughs> acres and acres of actual wildflowers and all these bees and they go and get, and they don't have to feed them with, with sugar water or anything. So it comes back and it's, it's honey with all kinds of different fruit notes in it. And it's a totally different experience that I've ever had with honey. So that's yeah. that and the South Dakota grown passion fruit are the two main contributors to the, the the body of that sauce. And it's so fun and delicious. I love it. That one I think I'm gonna have a hard time if I if I iterate that one, I don't know where I'm gonna go with it next because I, I love how that sauce turned out. But uh anyways, last year we could only make like two hundred bottles. This year yeah. we're getting closer to like the three hundred mark and stuff like that. But it, it sells out so quick. It's it's uh yeah, I, I I wish I could make more, but limited by what we can get. So we yeah. just we just did a pear mead hot sauce, and that was Ooh. and yeah, <laughs> and um and pears right. are, are are ephemeral in Vermont, and they're just you know it's apples you can get you can get year round, but pears just only last a little while, and so you know yeah. if we've got the market for it, we can you know get them and store them, but they're just I don't know they're just finicky. Is there a particular breed of pear? Uh, what did we get? Um, I mean, we can grow a lot of pears here. They just don't store well. So I don't remember what we got this time around. I'd have to look back in my email, but I get weekly emails from like a, one of our nearby orchards and I was looking okay. down the list and I was like, oh, that looks good. And uh, and just uh, ordered that. That's what I <laughs> So grow and fell mead. Yeah. I, I used Bach to make a, pear, a, a, a local wine pear sauce, wine drunk pear back in the day. And that's probably yeah. one of my most requested sauces to remake. And I'm just like, I'm not fucking with any alcohol anymore. So there's Fair, definitely yeah. a market for like that combination. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. It sounds incredible. I've, I've had the, the joy of sampling a, a good variety of all your sauces and, 
huge fans of all your work. So awesome. I'm trying hard a little Quit bit. Quit kissing our here, asses just because. <laughs> well, I want to try your sauces because I haven't had yeah, them. Right. So yeah, I'll I'll like put them. in yeah, yeah. I'll put in order. There's there's a few. Well, I, I if you're if you're down to do some trade, I'm down for yeah. that too. Of course. Oh, yeah, shit. of course. Yeah, Claire, I still need to send you stuff for your shelf. Yeah, you do. I've got I've got uh, Spike is right there. There. Flavor Balance Heat, the podcast for hot sauce lovers and makers, is brought to you by Irish Spike's unique hot sauces and Vandal Pepper sauces. I'm Spike, the owner and executive saucier. Our sauces are handmade in the Pacific Northwest using the best possible ingredients. We believe that hot sauce equates to a balance of sensational heat coupled with a robust and complex flavor profile. Live your hottest life with Irish Spikes. Irish Spikes unique hot sauces and Vandal pepper sauces are available at saucecult.com. So myself, well, really, this is Spike's idea. He just kind of wrote Claire and myself into this. Uh, he wants to make a $100 hot sauce. I'm very excited for this. Yeah, a sauce in which the ingredients and processes warrant a $100 price tag. Like We're talking high-dollar shit here. Do you have an ingredient that you think would go well? We have no style figured out. We have it's just a, an ingredient that's super expensive that you think would go well in this sauce or a, a process that is very time-consuming to make this sauce a huge pain in the ass. So th- things that justify the $100 price yes. tag. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um, if, if I could, I would suggest stepping back one layer from this too, because if someone's going to spend a hundred bucks, I'm, I'm, I'm really big into the psychology of pricing. It's one of the things I think is just absolutely fascinating. Cause there's, there's a point if you're looking at a bottle of hot sauce and it's between six and 10 bucks, most people think that's kind of the price range I expected, not a big deal, but then you get towards like 15, 16 bucks and there that's, that's, that's expensive. I don't know about this, but suddenly if you have a bottle that's $30, right about there and start going up. That's when people are like, okay, there must be something different going on here. Yeah. Even if there's nothing different, there must yeah. be to justify this. And it's, it's enough to, to, for whatever reason, connect the dots in their brain that this is worth their time. So if you're going to slap that hundred dollar price tag on it, it doesn't necessarily have to be that, that the, the ingredients of the process makes that thing, but the experience with this overall. So I would pitch something like, Make sure that whatever it comes in as a box has got some amazing experience. So it comes with two bottles, one to keep, one to eat. Because well, it's now, we're talking a, now we're now talking that's a 200 No. <laughs> the reason why we can't do that so, is because the experience, the, uh, ex- the amount it's going to cost us for the ingredients will make it very hard to test and get ready and get out there. It'll cost us a lot more. Right. So that's, that's kind of where – and then your cost per bottle continues to inflate from there. So – we could do yeah. any bottle. So, I've just I mean, 50 milliliter bottles. Fuck that. There's a whole yeah, lot of different no. types of fermentation. Like <laughs> Fermentation sounds good. We've talked yeah. a little yeah. bit about fermentation, it. Fermentation. So, and you can do the different things like koji fermentation, which is something that I'm learning about. Um, thanks to my, my good friends from Off the Deck Sauce. They're out of North Dakota. They're phenomenal people. Um, I should get you their contact information. They're, they're delightful people in general. And they have like their own soda company and stuff too. Oh. But yeah, he... Uh, he special orders the guy who does all, all of their uh, fermentation. He special orders Koji from a specific maker in Japan, and they they sat and consulted with him because they've got tons of different varieties of it. So they wanted to find the one that would best pair with how he was going to use it in his process. And then they sent like this whole process and like the the cabinetry that he had to get for it for controlling it and things like that um, and stuff like that. I think can really uh, up the the premium nature of this product quite a bit. So. 
It doesn't have to be the whole sauce treated this way. Maybe just some select ingredients to give them a totally unique flavor that you would never have expected before. Awesome. I like if that. that. Like he has a, he has a, I'm sorry. He, they both, it's a couple that runs it. Um, they have a Koji fermented ghost pepper sauce and ghost peppers have got um, very floral, but a bit of an acrid aftertone that, that Koji fermentation. It's, it's not sweet, but it's just shy of that. And I've never experienced that with a ghost pepper. The, the amount of flavor that comes forward from this pepper in that setting was... Have you ever had Miracle Berries? Mm-hmm. Where they like completely change how your 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 flavor, your, your palate interacts with... I haven't had them, what, but like, I've You heard could of drink them, a shot yeah. of lemon juice or whatever, and it tastes like syrup. It's wild. That same kind of impact is what this did for this, this particular pepper. Instead of it being having like kind of an acrid sour bite at the end... It was earthy, it was sweet, it was delicious. It wasn't sugary sweet, it was pepper sweet. And it was, yeah, awesome. wow. A plus. Wow. All right. Yeah. So yeah, something like that. I've got you down for Koji fermentation, and we'll take a look and work somewhere around that. That's perfect. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think something like that would be a, a fantastic feature to add in there. And if you, if you need someone to help you guide, or to guide with that process, we know yes, people. Yes, absolutely. Looks like a figure Awesome. <laughs> We'll figure it out. So, Don't, trust me, I'll, I'll overcomplicate the process because that's what I fucking do for everything. I, that's the spirit, man. That's what we're here for. So, hot sauce show and tell. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, hot yeah. takes. Sorry, hot takes. Hot takes. Hot takes. So, hot oh, takes. Oh, Sorry. My, my fault. I read it wrong. This fucking guy. Hot Can't takes. Follow his own program. I'm, get, I'm getting a hot take right now, Zach. Oh, uh, whose flight just got canceled? <laughs> oh, no. Too Sorry. <laughs> I just had a whole weekend of canceled flights. And it was oh, like, oh, sorry. No. I forgot about that. Okay. I'm sorry, man. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. No. So, We're so good. Do uh, you have any hot takes, you know, things that most people that eat hot sauce enjoy that you're like, like not liking uh, John Wick, but in the hot sauce world? Yeah. There's, there's one that comes to mind for me. Whenever I get a sauce that says taco, anything taco, there's always a lot of cumin in it. And I like cumin. I like it a lot. But there's usually also cumin in the taco. And then by the time I put a cumin-heavy hot sauce on it, it's just cumin. And, and it's, it's, it's too much. I like my taco sauces. If they have cumin, keep it, keep it minimal. Um, taco Vibes only was good. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. <laughs> I do I love cumin that. though, I so I, I could I could believe right. that it has too much cumin. It just it's one of those it's one of those things where like every time I get a taco sauce, it's like the third ingredient's cumin. I'm, oh my god, what's happening? <laughs> There's so much. Yeah, I, no, I always no, balance yeah. it with coriander, but yeah, I, I love cumin. I yeah, too. Yeah. I too am cumin sensitive. I yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying though. That whole like taco style it's just like cumin yeah Although i like we, for, we, for tacos i like i like the the simple taco you know like the little the taco that doesn't have very many ingredients that's got a little tacos. soft yeah, shell yeah. Street, street tacos, tacos. yeah and so like yeah. and so i like my sauce to be the like main flavor besides the like the meat and a few vegetables some onions some cilantro you know and then the sauce is what like carries the big flavor Right. And what's curious is for, for stuff like tacos al pastor and things like that, I'm going to reach for something that's more um, like fruit, like pineapple, mango forward, something like that. Or I'll get something like this Mama Juana that's got a little bit of uh, like the sugariness from the whiskey that's in there and stuff too. Something that pairs up well with um, like pork or, or chicken or whatever, the white meat that's in it. Um, cumin for me on those is not as, as strong of a player for, for pairing with, with white meats. I like it with, you know, like carne asada and things like that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those 
cumin is is a uh, it's a delightful ingredient, but it can be overdone. And it, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm just misunderstanding. Maybe taco sauces aren't meant to be used for tacos, but to bring taco <laughs> flavor to other dishes. I think it could be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> shit, dude. I, I make a stroganoff with ghost of saffron. Yeah. 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 That's I, that sounds amazing. I love I, stroganoff with hot sauce is one of the best things on the entire planet, especially if like a just a piece of bread and butter. Throw that stroganoff on there and drizzle it on top. Makes me very happy. That sounds a lot like a, a food in here in Vermont called shit on a shingle. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. That's, okay. that's, yeah. that's, that's chip beef. No, that is nothing <laughs> like. Okay. Fuck that stuff. You guys have hit a point of fascination for me, real quick. I, I, I got to ask. So, if you have a dish that has the base ingredients are like beef, some kind of meat, um, and then there's usually like a layer of cream of mushroom and some cheese and then some tater tots, and you bake it, what is this overall concoction called? I mean, it sounds like shepherd's pie, but it's kind of not. Shepherd's pie? No, okay. that's not shepherd's pie. It sounds like, like a I'm high. I've never, yeah. I've never had that combo. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is a Midwest thing, tater tot hot dish. And it drives me bonkers because I always heard it as tater tot casserole when I was a kid. But hot dish is, for me, just any dish that's served, you know, hot. <laughs> not Like, it's not a cold dish. But it's everywhere here, and it confounds me. And it's it's... It's not a hot take for the hot sauce world, I suppose, but hot dish <laughs> is a specific term somehow in the Midwest for this exact combination of potatoes, meat, cream of mushroom. It's it's good. I just don't, I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like an upside down yeah, poutine. Yeah, down poutine. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like yeah. a lazy shepherd's pie without the creamed corn, which is also horrible. Yeah, yeah. Cre- wait, wait, where the I, hell? I you guys in on- where the hell are you getting cream corn in shepherd's pie? Man, yeah, you know, my mom. I love her. My woman cannot go. <laughs> Sorry, I I went a little overboard there. I apologize to everybody. The Irish in me just kind of went nuts. Yeah, shepherd's I, pie too far. <laughs> Got it. Sorry. Okay. The uh, the Irish came out in Irish spike. For for the record, shepherd's pie is made with lamb, not yep. with beef. Yeah, that's a cottage no, pie. Was, no, well, I mean yep. my mom called the shepherd's yeah. pie. Let's move on to hot sauce show and tell. Awesome. What yeah. did you bring us? What what are you what are you telling us about? So uh, one of the first ones I already mentioned, we got Mama Juana. And I'll see if I can get this Mama centered Juana. up the frame here. This is from what's that? Mama Juana. Mama Juana. See um, from Pikin and Faya. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, the other one I brought here is Hot Ham Banana Rama by Sam Sauce. And I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to talk with Chef Sam. Just He just got on Hot Ones this season, too, and super excited about that, that. But yeah. he's a super close friend of mine, too, from the from the hot sauce, along with, like, the Stanky Boys and yeah, a whole bunch of others that I have a, a great debt of just knowledge sharing, too. Um, but, yeah, Hot Ham Bananarama. Uh, the ingredients on this one, we got banana, distilled vinegar, rice wine vinegar, ahi lemon, yellow onion, yellow bell pepper, water, kosher salt, Preserved lemon, black cardamom, citric acid, and xanthan gum. For banana being such a mellow flavor, it is 100% at the front of this, and it is delightful. I love every second of this sauce. This stuff right here. I hate banana. Black cardamom and it makes sounds me really interesting. It. Yeah, the black cardamom sounds yeah. good. I like black cardamom because it's more peppery. I don't know if I've ever had black cardamom. Brilliant. They're big. I love cardamom. Yeah. Yeah, Sam's flavor profiles are... He does some weird shit. Not weird in a bad way, but he, he does some things that are not normal in the hot sauce industry. <laughs> he would say, I, I, I can almost guarantee he'd be like, thanks, dude. <laughs> I know, <laughs> exactly. That's all. 
it's it's met it's with memorable. One hundred, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I was chatting with him about he's, uh, getting about being on the the podcast uh, just a couple of days ago. Oh, cool. are, are, are we gonna are, are we gonna do the podcast podcast thing? Those two and us three. We should. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That'd be yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. These two. Um, otherwise, like I, I would have been rising smoke synergy. I had a whole bunch of that last year. That was really really good too. That was one of my go tos. The uh, my if, if you ask my kids, they've all got different favorites too. My youngest daughter, her favorite ever is the agave uh, agave jalapeno from the Stanky Boys. My other daughter, hers, she really likes. Um, it's a blueberry sauce, I believe, from Maletta's. And then my son Jack, he goes all over the map, but he's been he's been chowing down on um, Driver's Demise lately. One of mine. Um, and then Diego, my oldest, he's he's into a bunch of different stuff. He'll just float around and have a couple here and there. But yeah, awesome. It's a uh, we have we have a very diverse collection. We crank through a bottle or two a week, easy, and yeah, it's it's fun. We uh we just go back and forth. And my my youngest uh, daughter and my youngest son are both the two who just crank through hot sauce faster than than almost me in some cases. So yeah, it's it's fun because my youngest is ten and she's got uh, the bottom shelf on the door of our fridge is super narrow, and we were like, what are we ever going to use that for? Hot sauce. The little woozy bottles fit perfectly uh, in there. So she's got her favorite shelf and, <laughs> and just a, a row of sauces that she puts on her food. And it's 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 delightful. It's so fun. I, I have a kind of sort of New Year's resolution to, because we've been getting so many hot sauces in doing this podcast, to try and eat less of my own sauces unless it's deliberate and eat more other sauces this year. Um, and make that a Definitely. thing. Um, and it's been really nice. Uh, and it's, it's helped me to help develop some of my other sauces. So. Yeah. It's just nice to have that, uh, that variety having, uh, I don't know. It's like if I were writing a music album, I would want to listen to music from other yeah. people to get some ideas of, of what, uh, yeah. what, like, Oh, you did this creative thing. Wait, that triggers this idea in my head to do this other crazy yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, that was as musically specific as I'm going to get. Sorry. <laughs> that was a bad <laughs> knowledge space for me to pick. What you got, Claire? Um, what have I got? I have one. I got this. I picked this up at the store yesterday because I was like, we're actually working through a lot of the sauces we have here. And I'm like, oh, I got to actually buy something. Um, But this is a Vermont one because, you know, that's what I do. And it's the Vermont Fermentation Adventure uh, Kimchi Hot Sauce. And so it's made with kimchi brine. Super, super garlicky. Um, so I, I picked this up and I was having like bagels and cream cheese and I was like, okay, let me just try a little on there. And I took a first bite and I was like, okay, yeah, cool. I like this short. And then I took another bite and I was like, I was like, wait, I want, I want more. Oh no, I'm going to keep having more. And like, it just, it's like addictive, like flavor wise. You're like, okay, that works. And then you keep going. And that's why I got it yesterday and we're there. Ah, yeah. So (laughs) yeah, now I, I, this is, this is totally, it's so much garlic though. So much garlic. This ham bananarama. I saved just this much because I wanted to have some to show. <laughs> I, I got, I've, I, this has been sitting for two weeks because I had the exact same experience. I was like, this is good. Oh, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> Zach, what you got? What'd Spike, you guys bring? Uh, Spike, what you got? Uh, I've got uh, Angry Irishman Garlapeno Hot Sauce. Yes. Oh, nice. Kevin. Um, here, I'm going to give a little. Oh, no. It, it's good. I, have, I, have, you, have you tried his pickle sauce? No. The dill pickle, like the, the, American. the original dill pickle. Oh, I'll have to check it out. No, he's he's got a couple that are more like bread and butter style too. That are like the jerkin McGurkin is amazing. 
Yeah, and he and he makes you read the name out loud before you can buy it. That's awesome. Yeah, we we've had like we've had a couple tents next to Kevin. We get along really well. That's yeah. great. So I brought sauce from this guy. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. High Desert. I hear he's like a fucking dick. No uh, idea so, who you're talking about. Yeah, Tell me more about him. I don't know, he's I've an heard, asshole. I've heard yeah. of that guy. Steer clear. No, legit. I had to have data for me some sauce because I forgot to grab something. And I had scrambled. I have it on good authority though sad. that the dude. The dude loves hugs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Good call. That's what I what hear I mean. too. He's a hugger. Yeah. That's what I hear. Yeah. So, oh man, I don't want <laughs> Too thin. I'm not going to open that. So I have uh, down to the ferment. Yeah. Yeah. What do we got? The dad bod here. It's their verde sauce. I don't know if I you tried know, that one. These guys also like to push the envelope. You know, everything's. Uh, yeah. Okay. Also. Yeah, well, that and everything's kombucha based, so that's not. That's right. They, they that's operate right. under a PFR processed foods license as opposed yeah, to. Yeah, because it's acidified and, or it's a acid formulated yeah. instead of acidified. Right, right. Yeah. I, uh, I've i been downing their ghosted so good. Their uh, cherry poppins it was a was a, a one that I probably should have mentioned too. That one's brilliant. It's so good. It's super mild. It's it doesn't have a whole lot of bite to it at all, but it it's weirdly versatile for for a fermented cherry sauce where all the sugar is consumed by the fermentation process. You're just left with that really tart cherry flavor, and that goes on everything somehow. It's so good. I tasted that when I th- I think, but I've had so many sauces, and then I took them all to work, and we all tasted. We had a, a night where all my employees we sat and tasted a bunch of sauces, and I can't remember. So I'd like I'm gonna have to pull that one back out because we got a cherry sauce, and I like to taste other cherry sauces. So what's next for Halogi? Where do you see your company? What do you see your company evolving into? Where do you see it going? So when it comes to being a hot sauce company in the Midwest, there seems to be a steady growing number of other people who are interested in making sauces, um, <laughs> and they're doing so under like cottage food. I would like to see Halogi expand into doing um, not just our own sauces, but being a co- uh, co-packing source for people in the Midwest. I would love to, to be able to help other people uh, step into these these dreams. Like for me, it was I got a kit from my wife and kids for Father's Day and then went through all the cottage food law training and everything else to make sure I was, I was not getting anybody sick and meeting all the, the required things to actually sell the stuff. Um, and then the next hurdle, of course, being getting into commercial and, and then we got on hot ones and everything went crazy from there too. So we've just been trying to keep up and, and maintain that momentum. And it's been awesome. If we can use our platform as a means for someone else to step into, there are other people who have great ideas. We're going to make, not all the greatest ideas are going to be contained to one company ever. So having other people offering a platform for other people to stand on and get their sauce out through a good trusted commercial maker. I would love to be able to provide that opportunity for people. Awesome. So nice. probably that nice. and, and maybe some dry rubs. I don't know, <laughs> but we've, we've got, uh, we've got some new sauces coming out. We've got uh, a few other formulations that I've been working on and I'm, I'm really excited to debut those. Yeah. We, we just want to keep growing and, and making uh, more, more uh, varieties of sauce, more robust flavor profiles um, and really just continue to approach sauces as, as a food that you can put on your food. And I, I heard that quote someplace and I don't remember where it came from and it drives me nuts, but approaching it as, as not just another condiment it's something that has its own life and vibrancy and body and and it's it's phenomenal so being able to just treat it as this this delicacy that you put in a bottle and hand off to somebody it's it's fun i i i like to capture experiences with it i suppose i probably should have brought this up more in one of your earlier questions with how i develop sauces 
one of my favorite sauces that we make is Dunes Apples. It's our fall flavor. When I was a kid, we would go to the fall fair and they always had these huge, warm, sticky caramel apples. And just being able to bite into one of those was, that was, when I bit into that, that was when fall registered. Like that, that was that moment when fall was real for us. And so I wanted to put that, that experience into a bottle as our fall limited edition. And so you get this caramel apple flavor, dairy free, and uh, it has a slight warmth to it from Scotch bonnets. And it's meant to just be not overpowering, but sweet and tart and, and warm. And I, being able to, instead of just making like, here's a caramel apple flavored hot sauce, whatever, it's an experience in a bottle. And I, I love that, that approach, that, that feeling, that connection. That for me was, I don't know, taking this little slice of reality and being able to hand it out to people. That, that's such a cool thing to do. I love it. That's great. Yeah. So do you have any questions for us? Oh boy. Let's see. So if, yeah, if, if, I don't know if it's going to be interesting for like podcast material, but at this point we're, we're at, uh, we're, we're having to make some critical decisions when it comes to scaling and, and looking at different equipment and stuff like that. Even just things like uh, being able to draw directly from the kettle instead of going to a hopper and stuff like that. What other pieces of equipment or process refinements were some of the big pivotal points for you guys that, that helps increase your capacity, your uh, quality, reliability, things like that? That is a wonderful podcast question. I don't know if we've had... Quality, yeah. reliability? What's that, bro? That I mean, is... fucking. <laughs> One of the best. Scoop it up off the floor, yeah. throw it at the bottles, whatever stays in the bottles. Like that's, that's what you got to do. So the kill step the is for, right? Blended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. As long as it hits temp, whatever. Yeah, fill temp means nothing. Yeah. I a recent step that we made that I mean, it, I think that one of one of the funny things about making sauce for a while is that you kind of forget the the things that were major innovations years ago because now they're just you know, they're just daily, daily things now. Yeah. Um, but one of our recent things that just made, has made life I don't know, a million times better, um, is we got a, um, a food mill, um, that we use to mill our sauces now. Um, so a few years sure. ago, we, um, instead of de-stemming all our peppers before we put them in the freezer, we, st we started freezing them stem on and putting them through a mill to remove the, the stem and skins and seeds. But the mill we were using was just not adequate. It was an auger style mill. So it, it's cone shaped. It was actually a tomato mill. So if the, oh, if sure, the, sure. the material going into it wasn't broken down enough, it would actually burst the screen and it was just, all these uh, issues, all these yeah. problems. And I kept eyeing this one piece of equipment for ages. And um, finally, it was talking to another sauce maker who was like, oh, yeah, I've been using that one forever. That I was like, okay, I'm biting the bullet. I'm getting this thing. And it is an $8,000 mill. Like, it is not a, like a yeah. just, you know, hop right into it, no problem sort of thing. But it, it's a Roboku C120, I think is what it is. Um, and oh, sure. it, it has changed our life. <laughs> It is, it is turned. So we do, right. when we cook sauce, we cook them 200 gallons at a time. And, um, and we used to run them through this mill and it was buckets going into this mill. And then you would have to like kind of pet the mill to make everything work right. And it was just the yep. turned one of the, the hardest procedures into one now where we have a pump. It just goes into this new mill within about an hour. The whole thing is done. It's sure. incredible. Wow. Incredible. Awesome. I love Just those moments. Change oh, our life. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, our, our new staff actually doesn't even, has never really worked with the, the old mill. So they're like, oh yeah, 200 gallon cook day. Sounds good. Yeah. No problem. I can do that. And yeah. done by like wow. one. <laughs> it's like, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I almost dropped to Maris's house. Uh, I still work out of a shared kitchen space, so I don't 
I'm very limited on the equipment that I can I can uh, bring on, but I recently brought on a pneumatic filler, like a 100% pneumatic filler. I went from being able to do a full kettle in like an hour and a half to being able to do a full kettle in 40 minutes. It's kind of nice. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And you're in your yeah, right now. It's yeah. Are you filling off the ball valve on the kettle? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And all, all this setup and tear down and cleaning and yeah, it's 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 a lot. So I mean, I'm sure that you know there's still all that for the piston filler too. But yeah. Right. I well, mean, and, ultimately, and I, if, I, if, if I could fill right off the kettle, I can get that even down more. But my problem is I have no way of keeping the sauce rotating, so it'll like separate. You know what I mean? So I gotta like right. Yep. I got to mix it up every time I fill the hopper up. It's a whole thing. And, and I would say when you're using a piston filler, um, keep a really careful eye on the timing of the, the back pull and the push fill. Um, because like when we're doing, when we're doing like 200 gallons of sauce, what a one second change in fill time results in an hour and a half longer day. Oh, wow. Mm. Which I mean, you would, you wouldn't think like one second, this is fine. And then at the end of the day, everybody's wasted and tired and it's, and it's miserable. Whereas if you can get that fill down time down to like three or four seconds, you know, everybody's cleaned up and out of there by, by four o'clock. Wow. Yeah. Right on. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, awesome. That's good to hear. Yeah. Bottle depends <laughs> a lot on that though, too. Like I was saying yes. that. Oh, yes. I don't remember what the episode. Thin necks. Yeah. Yeah. Like we got these thin necks this round and like if I fill too, if my fill volume and speed are off just by a little bit, it spits out everywhere, and then I spend all my time cleaning everything. Up. Are you yep. are you tilting your bottle as you fill, Zach? Yeah. So it fills down it, the it, side. It, it, it's these necks. It's this next. Yeah. I've had those necks. Like, They're awful. See the difference? Yep. Yeah. 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 The um, we yeah. have a client our- that uses the Boston Round, and it's got a deep shoulder. And, yeah. um, it is really hard to dial in the filler just right oh, that, yeah, yeah, that those, and there's two different styles of Boston round. One has a deeper shoulder and one's a little bit more angled. And on the slightly more yep. angled one, we can, we can dial in the filler just right that we don't have to do a top off. Otherwise we have to underfill and then top it off with like a, a pancake dispenser. And that's requires an extra person. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. We get, we get the big, the big barrel necks those those are critical for us because our, our sauces are a little bit thicker so to make sure that it actually has room for air, air to travel back into the bottle and pour yeah. out yeah are you are you doing the yep. oh you you're still on the woozy though that doesn't look like a fancy bottle right that's a woozy yeah yeah we still do woozies yep yeah yep yeah we do the yeah. the fancy which is um that's a 28 400 cap instead of the 20 what do you what do you have Zach? it's a 20 F two seventeen. No, well, that's the liner, but the the cap oh. size is like a twenty four. Uh, twenty four. Yeah, four fourteen. Four fourteen. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hang on, it's on my face. Sorry. Yeah. Got, yeah, I will never buy those skinny neck bottles. I didn't know they were skinny neck when I I had to get them. I needed to make sauce, and they were local, and I could just drive and get them. But I will never fucking do that again because. It I'm always amused when somebody who's not in like the food production industry, like will say something like, wow, I never really thought, you know, much about packaging. And I'm like, Oh, oh God. <laughs> you're lucky, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I never thought it would make that much difference. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So to fill I, I, a 40 of Teacot and for this, fill this 40 of Adobo because of the next size, we're talking 40 minutes. And we're talking an hour and 40 minutes because I was just fucking yeah. with the machine the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Got to have those days. Okay, cool. So food, food mill and piston filler. There you go. And for <laughs> us, and, and do not like seriously, super helpful. Yeah, do not buy like a cheap nine hundred dollar filler off eBay. Do not do it. You're not gonna. It's nothing against China made stuff, but you're not gonna have customer service. You're not. If something goes wrong, right. you're not gonna be able to hop on the phone. I personally went through Apex Filling. Uh, I know Claire got hers pretty local J- to her. Uh, no, JDA. They're Canadian, actually. Uh, but we've actually been know, uh, replacing like right, right, right next to Canada, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, but we also have to deal with international shipping every time we need a part uh, from yeah. them, so that's sure. fine. But uh, but we've been actually swapping out parts of our filler from um, another company, um, Technopack Group, which is in um, in Florida, and it, it's all China made. Um, and, but they support all of it, and they have parts for all of it. You can get on the phone with them; they'll answer questions, and it's priced as China made should be, you know, as opposed to the companies that do China made, but still price it as if it were yeah. made in the United States. And, and that's what I really, you know, so our band sealer, they've got band sealers that are like four or $500. Um, they, we've got our heat shrink tunnel from them and it's been fantastic. We've had to replace a couple of parts, but no problem. We just order them online. Um, so on our filler, we actually replaced the, our, oops, replaced our, our head, just the, the frontmost part because it's all the gaskets. Uh, we were having a hell of a time getting the U gasket on the front filler from JDA. And so this other one, we can just order all the gaskets we need directly from them. And, uh, so we swapped it out. The heat shrink tunnel. That's we, we, uh, we've been, using that the heat was amazing. And I finally yeah. was like, let's, let's, let's just bite the bullet and get one of these things. So you ordered it, and then the company screwed up and sent us like a homemade winemaking kit, like this huge <laughs> bucket showed up with all this stuff. Oh and it no! Was like, it must be in like the same section for like the wine ceiling stuff like that. But we 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 sent it back, and it took like three weeks to get a refund. We found out that they refunded us instead of sending us the right thing, and it was just oh. so we're still trying to get one of those. But well, check check <laughs> out years. check out Technopat Group. I mean, that's I really like the heat yeah, shrink yeah. tunnel I got from them. Um, I've had it. That's that's a good example of something that I did back in. In 2018, and I forgot and that. Yeah, it's life changing. That's what I'd like. Yeah, I don't doubt that. I've, I've heard good things, and it's to the point where I was like, "I'm finally going to pull the trigger on this. It's going to work out great." And I got a homemade winemaking kit, and I was like, "Well, <laughs> I know, I'm not ready for that kind of pivot at this point." But you know, for us, what we're still kind of where you're at. But the biggest thing for us was to make sure that we didn't box anything until it was ready to be done. And as soon as we got to that point where it was made, coded, and uh, and labeled, and then put in the box, so we're not boxing and pulling them out to label them later or do any of that mm, stuff sure. later, that made a huge difference. We just, because of our setup, we had to do that. Um, and now that we kind of figured out how to do it in the setup we have, it's been fantastic. But uh, right I'll let you know more. I want to be able get... to do that. We're not there. Oh, no. You have to box and then <laughs> we unbox. Still, we box. Our our labeling department is in a totally separate part of the building. Uh-huh. And and it's uh, – we also can't label hot. Like we have – we get we get warped labels. If we do that, they get bubbling hmm. and stuff. So we would have to have a cooling tunnel or something if we were going to label same day. That's crazy that you oh, say man. that because I have to label hot because I feel so hot. My bottle's like, you know – contort so much if i feel cold if i feel hot they go to the warehouse and then not label till the next day like my labels won't go on right that's so strange that wild huh. Huh. well when yeah, you no, create totally that vacuum it, it sucks the bottle in it's just, yeah so especially with these skinny neck ones they're the fucking worst claire what we've figured out and that was the big revelation was to bottle everything leave it out and clean up 
come back and label. So by the time right. we came back, they lowered just enough to be able to bottle it and not have bubbles. Right. And every once in a while we do, um, we do have to label same day for some reason, um, you know, some order that we have to get out and we put fans on them and yeah, we cool do the them same thing. down yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just open the roll up door. <laughs> yeah. Our kitchen is cold. Like with it, we, we have a, we have makeup air in our kitchen for the, you know, all the hoods and everything, but it, they, it's supposed to be heated, but it's not. And we have not been able to get somebody to come and repair it like for years. Like I'm not kidding. Um, and the, uh, and so we just don't run the makeup air, which creates negative air in the building, which is not good for our system, but it means that it sucks the warm air from the building rather than the cold air from the, um, from the heated makeup air just dumping directly into the room. Yeah. I hear you there. Yeah. Our, our vent hood um, has, a heat, has, has a heater in the air exchange for the vent hood just to make sure that it's not pumping back negative 19 degree air from the outside yeah. into, the, into the kitchen yeah. where I just have to use electric heat to heat it up again. It's, yeah, it's intense. Well, it gets our- cold here. Our, um, one, the one that's the hood that's right over our bottling kettle is not heated makeup air, but it, because it's kind of self-contained, it doesn't really matter. Our others, our other systems are like a whole room. Um, like it's, it's a whole, it's, we've got, we've got three different hoods and they kind of operate a little differently, but the self-contained one, it's, it dumps the cold air and then it kind of comes right back up. So it it doesn't really bother the room temperature, but it does mean that occasionally we get snow underneath our hood so yeah like literal snowflakes fall it's great so yeah we 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 get to avoid snow but uh where where our kitchen our our kitchen's in a little town called white and it's just northwest of or northeast of where i live in in brookings but anyhow in the summer it gets to like a hundred and some degrees here it gets really hot and being in the middle of nowhere there's lots of flowers which lead to a lot of bees which took over one section of the hvac unit on top of the roof once and i found that out when i went to change the filters and had to run in circles oh, man. to get away from the bees. It was, it was a, it was a rough summer. We made it. But yeah, it was just one of those, like, there's no, there's no cold air coming in. Well, let me just check the, the coils. I opened God. it up and fuck man. There were coils, Making your but, own honey. Yeah. Something like that. It was the angriest honey I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> well, you know what? It has been fantastic. Uh, getting to sit and talk to you rather than just texting back and forth. Likewise. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thanks for yeah, having me. And I love your sauces. Um, I'm excited for some of these new Appreciate ones coming that. up. So I uh, can't wait to see that. And make sure you message me. Let me know which one uh, wasn't made by anybody that you're related to. <laughs> yeah, you got it. The um, And Nick, I would love to trade some sauces with you. So let's let's get in touch, email, and uh, can send you out some stuff. And maybe you can tell me what you've, what you've already tried of ours since I know you've tried a few. So I can send you some stuff you yeah, haven't yeah. tried. I'll make a list. Yeah, I've... I've, uh, I've Managed to come across yours in a surprising number of uh, different different ways. Mostly, um, people have gotten like variety packs from other online retailers and whatnot. And they'll, you know, this one's too hot for me or whatever. And it always happens to be one of yours, so it makes its way into my collection. So, yeah. awesome, awesome. Then, uh, I make my way through it because, yeah, why not? Well, I hope you have a great night. It's cool. amazing. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you guys as well. Thank you so much for having yeah. me. This yeah. has been awesome. Great talking to you. Take care now. Yeah. See you around. Hey, we'll catch you guys in uh, March. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. Uh, about this. No. Oh, stop. <laughs> well, Zach doesn't exist, man. We'll see. Yeah. What was it homeless the hologram? Homeless the hologram. That's, yeah. That's how you're going to be making appearances from here forward. Right. I love hologram. It. All right, cool. Well, thanks, guys. Take care now. Talk to you later. Bye. Flavor Balance Heat, the podcast for hot sauce lovers and makers, was brought to you by. 
Butterfly Bakery of Vermont, High Desert Sauce Co., and Irish Spikes Unique Hot Sauces and Vandal Pepper Sauces. This has been a Spike Mine Media Production.